And you're on right now with Jim Dawes on the Mojo Five O Radio Network. Coming to you from the shores of the Indian River on Florida's beautiful Treasure Coast. Here to convince you that reality is usually scoffed at and illusion is usually king. But in the battle for the survival of this republic, it's going to be reality and not illusion or delusion that will determine the future. We're streaming live on iHeartRadio and available as a podcast on iTunes, TuneIn, Spreaker, and Spotify. And you can follow me on Twitter at RightNowJimDawes. Email address is RightNowJimDawes at gmail.com. And the voicemail for the vent line is 772-245-0750. That's 772-245-0750. Well, the results, the final results from New Hampshire are in, and guess who won? Donald Trump won. Because while the Democrats are uh, sinking in the mire of uh, identity politics and squabbling, Donald Trump got a record turnout in New Hampshire and received the most votes of any incumbent, I think, in history. Um, I know it goes back over 40 years, and I doubt that you know uh, there were more votes for an incumbent, an incumbent before that. Donald Trump was crowing about this yesterday. Last night, as you know, we had a very interesting election, and from the standpoint of the Republican Party and myself, but from the standpoint of the Republican Party, it was a tremendous success. I got more votes than any incumbent president in many decades. Well, well I, I, I think he got more votes than any incumbent president in history. Normally, uh, you really don't have to turn out to vote for an incumbent in the New Hampshire primaries, and you got to remember also that uh, the primaries in New Hampshire are open primaries. You don't have to be registered for a particular party to participate in that primary. So a lot of uh, Republicans and Trump supporters probably went and voted in the Democrat primary because there was an actual choice over there. Uh, and also it was an opportunity to create mischief. You don't know how many of those votes that went for Bernie Sanders or Pete Buttigieg were just Republican voters uh, going in and voting in the Democrat primary to uh, to try to pick the weakest candidate. I think Donald Trump actually pointed out that opportunity at his uh, Manchester rally earlier this week in which he turned out just boffo crowds uh, swamping anything any of the Democrats were able to assemble. And uh, I, I think the final tally was Trump got about 129,000 votes in the New Hampshire primary. Uh, for contrast, back in 2012, when Barack Obama was running as an incumbent, he, he got less than 50,000. In 2004, when George W. was running uh, as an incumbent, he got 53,000. So Donald Trump... Uh, Got way more, way more than twice the uh, the number of the previous two incumbents. And you know, while we were continually told that uh, uh, Barack Obama was a phenom, just a, 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 an unbelievable uh, popular president, after he was elected and uh, when he was endorsing candidates. The endorsement of Barack Obama turned out to be the kiss of death again and again. So while 
you know, Donald Trump can come into these congressional districts or these states uh, with senatorial candidates and make it an endorsement and, and almost certainly uh, carry a candidate over the top. When Barack Obama was president, uh, the last thing these candidates wanted was uh, was his endorsement. In the last round of elections in 2018, uh, Barack Obama trotted out. Apparently, they had forgotten their lessons. And uh, this was the result. That we are going to send back to the United States Senate. My friend, Bill Nelson, <laughs> nope. governor of the next great state of Florida. Nope. Andrew Gillum. You nope. Know who will fight for the little guy. Stacey Abrams. Nope. <laughs> so again and again, when uh, when Barack Obama tried to endorse and, and uh, carry candidates over the line, it had just the opposite effect. You know, I, uh, I do a lot of searching online for uh, stories and clips to bring you this show. And so I'm keenly aware of what's going on on social media and on YouTube and on Google searches. And Republicans and conservatives, right-wingers, libertarians, we're all going to have to wake up to a a cold reality. And that is we are in the place that everyone predicted. These tech titans out in Silicon Valley at Twitter and Facebook and Google and YouTube, the people that control the flow of information, the people that George Orwell warned us about, are busy downranking, shadow banning, censoring, hiding um, ideas from the right side of the political spectrum. And they're doing it in uh, very devious ways. You, you can uh, participate on Facebook or Twitter and, and be absolutely convinced that you're engaging in the platform and they've got rooms full of censors uh, with a... Uh, a very strident political ideology taking and suppressing your engagement on these platforms. And it doesn't really take that much. You know, in in each state, there's probably less than, you know, a hundred or a couple of hundred um, very active users from the right side of the political spectrum engaging on these platforms. So they sit rooms full. They, they probably divide up these, uh, these uh, social media activists. And they've got a, a whole box of tools that they can use in order to, to suppress their engagement on these platforms. And if you go on Google, they've, I mean, they're, they're making no bones about it. They're, writing algorithms that cause um, voices, dissenting voices that they don't agree with, and they're, uh, they're just taking them out. So you, you've got to go four or five pages deep to get actual coverage from conservative media outlets. It's actually, between Google and Facebook, caused many of these uh, these outlets to to go under to fold because they can't get the engagement necessary to, uh, to, uh, monetize. And in the case of YouTube, they've actually, um, 
gone on and demonetized dissenting voices. You've got a, a very far left ideology that has gained control of our flow of information. And what we're going to have to do at some point, uh, I hope uh, that somebody on the right side of the political spectrum with deep pockets gets, uh, gets the message. We're going to have to set up our own platforms when, um, uh, Less well-funded attempts were made to do that in the form of um, gab and bit shoot. Well, the people that are the gatekeepers of the Internet stomped on them with both feet. And, uh, and you have to know about these platforms in order to, to get there and, uh, and use them. And they, in fact, uh, you know, they've got this Media Matters that engages in all of these uh, boycotting campaigns against anybody that's not a Democrat. And they go in and threaten these corporate sponsors and advertisers that if, you know, you you use these, then we'll uh, we'll call for a boycott. And they're they're in such uh, these these platforms are in the stage of such uh, infancy that they can't break through. I don't know what we're going to do, but we are in a terrible place when it comes to getting our message out there. We have been declared dissident voices. Donald Trump, I think a lot of the trolling that he does, you know, when he says things that seem outrageous to get news coverage, is actually working his way around the gatekeepers by giving them um, messages or, or, or clips or statements that they believe will discredit him um, and they're, you know, giving them a lot of coverage when in fact, you know, a, a large part of the the public realizes that uh, when you get past the bluster and the, the sort of over-the-top nature of what Trump's saying is, is that he is fighting for um, – for conservative ideas and the traditional America that that the leftists are trying so hard to radically transform is the term they use. And if you watch these people on the left, these angry leftists in the Democrat Party, they are are dealing with the the contradictions in their uh, coalition of identity groups with gays and blacks and Latinos and transgenders and and all of the different groups that they're trying to satisfy. And at the same time, you got Donald Trump over there, you know, tweeting these outrageous statements that is just driving them crazy. And they're really cracking up right before our eyes. They're going through a lot of psychotic suffering makes you almost feel sorry for them, but you don't because they've got black-clad, masked uh, stormtroopers out in the street attacking anybody that um, shows any sign of being not on board with their their leftist dogma. 
You got Project Veritas going into the Bernie Sanders campaign with undercover videos showing that uh, they've got paid campaign staffers that are saying that if uh, you know Bernie wins and people resist the revolution, that they're going to throw him up in the, against the wall just like Castro did in communist Cuba and shoot them. And it's no idle threat. You had this James T. Hodgkinson after uh, Donald Trump won the last election, go and try to commit mass murder against GOP congressmen at that baseball practice. And now they have taken Project Veritas and these uh, these videos that are warning of more of the same, and they have taken them off the Twitter. They have suspended James O'Keefe and Project Veritas from Twitter for posting reality. It's really something to see. Hey, man, have you gotten your um, banana bag, this new product that we're advertising, banana bag? It's a oral solution, uh, very similar to what you would receive in an IV if you suffered from dehydration. You need to have this product in your medicine cabinet at the very least in case you, uh, you get sick with a, a flu or a stomach virus and become dehydrated. It is a clinically formulated um, packet containing electrolytes and a, a complex of B vitamins and C vitamins designed to get you back up on your feet. It doesn't have any artificial ingredients or GMOs. It's gluten-free. And you ought, ought to uh, absolutely have this. If you work hard or play hard or exercise hard and you become dehydrated or or run down, you can uh, you can take this either before or after your workout, and it will get you back up and uh, raring to go. Go to AmericaFirstRadio.shop. That's AmericaFirstRadio.shop. You can get five packs of this for $15.50 with free shipping, same-day free shipping. Run on over there and get yours today. Oh, man. So the angry leftist Democrat Party, they're going on to to South Carolina and Nevada now. And um, the, the leading candidates, Bernie Sanders, an avowed socialist, he is a, a hardcore Marxist to his core. And the corporate shill, Pete Booty Judge, are in the lead. Do you know that? This is the fourth, no, I'm sorry, this is the third time that Joe Biden has run for president of the United States. He ran in 1988. He ran again 20 years later in 2008, and now he's running now again in 2020. And he has yet to win a single delegate in any Democrat primary or caucus. This is the guy that the Democrats had identified as their savior the Democrat establishment. And they're headed to South Carolina now where we're about to learn a dirty little secret that the Democrats don't like to talk about, and that is they have a a, 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 a block in their identity politics coalition of black voters that are what they would they themselves would describe as homophobic. Pete Buttigieg, who came in second in both of these first two 
um, nominating processes is polling at 0% among blacks in South Carolina. What do you think might be the cause of that? (laughs) The truth of the matter is, while the blacks are a member of the Democrat coalition, they are very culturally conservative. And this president, unlike uh, any of the other hollow promises that have been made by the Democrats to the blacks, have actually delivered for the economic interests of blacks. And it's going to be very interesting to see if they reward this president uh, with a substantial number of votes. But you got Joe Biden down there. This is his firewall in South Carolina where he believes that the black voters will save him. Up till now, we haven't heard from the most committed constituency of the Democratic Party, the African-American community. I want you all to think of a number. 99.9%. That's the percentage of African-American voters who have not yet had a chance to vote in America. One more number. 99.8. That's the percent of Latino voters who haven't had a chance to vote. So when you hear all these pundits and experts, uh, cable TV talkers talked about the race, uh, tell them, it ain't over, man. We're just getting started. It ain't over, man. We're just getting started. I got another little number for you, Joe Biden. 10%. That's about the percentage of, uh, of, of the voting population in this country that are black. And so if uh, the blacks, you know, and I think that uh, Joe Biden is selling the blacks in South Carolina short because, you know what, they, they, they've got TVs. They can see the Joe Biden campaign in free fall, and they can do math, too. And if Joe Biden can't get any white votes, he finished fifth in Iowa. No, he finished fourth in Iowa and fifth. In New Hampshire, if Joe Biden can't get any white votes, they keep talking about, you know, Iowa and New Hampshire are too white. And they can't be entrusted with the presidential nomination, early uh, primaries and caucuses. Blacks in South Carolina can can add too. they can do math. And if if you can't get any white votes, Joe Biden. Then you might not be the best horse to bet on but Joe Biden's down in South Carolina and he has gone all in on, on pandering to the black vote. We don't feel no ways tired. We've come too far from where we started. Nobody told me the road would be easy. And I don't believe he brought me this far to stop now. You don't like what's going on in this country. You only have one thing to do work together. We can and will win. Let's take back this country now. Let's take back this country now. You expect them at any moment to break out in Obama's chant of Cise Puede. Yes, we can. Yes, we can. But when I heard Joe Biden with that, I don't feel no ways tired, quote, I almost couldn't believe it because, you know, that, that was a very popular meme from another failed presidential candidate. I don't feel no ways tired. I come too far. from where I started from. Nobody told me that the road would be easy. I don't believe he brought me this far to leave me. Oh, my God. Pandering, putting on a fake Southern accent or a fake 
black Southern accent, I guess it's supposed to be. And I guess, you know, you're going to have Joe Biden out there talking like this before this whole thing is over with. That's not a very good black Southern accent, I guess. <sighs> so Pete Buttigieg is uh, going to his Waterloo down there in South Carolina, where I think it's about 70% of the Democrat primary voters are black. That's the case throughout the South. Uh, um, most of the populations in those states have rejected this identity politics that the that are the core of the Democrat Party, and they've uh, they've fled to the Republican Party. So I guess they're going to swap places. Old Joe Biden is probably going to finish second behind Bernie Sanders as um, um, Amy Klobuchar uh, becomes the new moderate candidate michael bloomberg is is doomed in south carolina after these uh these new clips have come out where he says that uh, you can just take the this uh description of the suspect and these crimes young black males you can xerox it and uh, send the police out to find people who fit the description and throw them up against the wall and frisk them I think that is going to be the, the the death nail of Bloomberg's. I don't I don't see how even with his billions of dollars he can overcome the devastating commercials that are going to be cut and put together from uh, that speech that he gave to the Aspen Institute. And yesterday, yet another one of these type clips came out. Here's Bloomberg talking on a talk radio show. They just keep saying, oh, it's a disproportionate percentage of a particular ethnic group. That may be, but it's not a disproportionate percentage of those who witnesses and victims describe as committing the murder. In that case, incidentally, I think we disproportionately stop whites too much and minorities too little. Now, don't get me wrong. Stop and Frisk was a, a huge success in New York City. It was actually implemented by Rudy Giuliani, and it drove the murder rate in these black communities where law-abiding black people were demanding more police protection. It drove the murder rate down. It drove the violent assaults down. It made it possible to live in these communities. But now that uh, Bloomberg's out there trying to win in the Democrat Party, he has to uh, he has to beg forgiveness for saving all of those black lives. Bernie Sanders is probably going to win in South Carolina too because he's pro promising more free stuff and now the Democrat Party, uh, the winning coalition is if you offer them free stuff, then that's what they're going to go for. Bernie was on, uh, was on TV, he was on CNN yesterday uh, responding to... Um, James Carville's uh, description that that Bernie Sanders is taking the Democrat Party off a cliff. Carville, who's obviously a longtime Clinton loyal loyalist, was supporting uh, Mike Senator Michael Bennett, who obviously dropped out of the primary race last night. He said this week that core Democratic voters aren't interested in being in what he called it, said a cult. He said they're not interested in socialism and revolution and other things he called foolishness. And that, quote, I don't know how you win an election 78 years old screaming in a microphone about the revolution. I don't know if he was actually screaming at the time, although it's very possible knowing James. Um, but so I want to I want to give you a chance to respond. Look, uh, James, in all due respect, 
is a political hack uh, who said very terrible things when he was working for Clinton uh, against Barack Obama. I think he said some of the same things. Uh, look, we are taking on the establishment. This is no secret to anybody. We're taking on the wolf. I guess uh, the former head of Goldman Sachs uh, attacked me uh, yesterday. Yeah, he had We're taking on Wall Street. Well. He did. Yep. We're going to run out to a break. When we come back, we're going to hear those clips from James Carville, and we're going to have more coverage of uh, the, the Roger Stone meltdown on the Democrat Party. Stick with us. You're going to hear two messages, and then we'll be right back on Right Now with Jim Dawes on the Mojo Five O Radio Network. This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwans.com backslash yum for details. Whether you're moving in together for the first time. This can be your closet. Or you're a new parent to a little fur baby. Viva paper towels can help you maintain a clean home. They're two times more durable when wet compared to the leading value brand. So they clean like cloth, helping you pick up after your new pet in your new home. For an exceptional cloth-like clean, use Viva towels. Visit vivatals.com to learn more and start fresh with a clean feeling of home. And you're back on Right Now with Jim Dawes on the Mojo 50 Radio Network. Bringing you the news behind the news. The story behind the story. Well, the great Democrat freakout has begun. They're already in a very fragile, psychic state, psychotic state, post-impeachment. And now this uh, this dumpster fire that is the Democrat nominating process has driven them even further off the edge. And if you thought that the, the Antifa violence and the, the assaults on Trump supporters was astounding during the 2016 presidential election. I, I, I warn you, you haven't seen anything yet. We've already had attempted murder of Republicans that were registering voters there in Jacksonville where a, a deranged leftist ran a van into their uh, registration tent, narrowly missed running one of them over by about six inches, you know, if, if that had been a Trump supporter that had done that to a Democrat, if the kind of violence that's coming from the left aimed at Republicans and conservatives and anybody that dares to think for themselves, if that were happening, it would be front page headlines on the New York Times and the Washington Post. It would have led every network newscast across this country. It would have been a week-long story. There were little blurbs about what happened in Jacksonville. And there's, there's not only been no coverage of what 
Project Veritas uncovered inside of the Bernie Sanders campaign. Those uh, those videos have actually been taken off of social media, and Project Veritas and James O'Keefe have been banned from Twitter. And their latest uh, topic of freakout, of course, is the fact that they're not going to send uh, Roger Stone to jail for nine years for supposedly lying to Congress, something that we've got James Comey and John Brennan and Hillary Clinton and a whole host of these other Democrats doing the exact same thing. They weren't even prosecuted, much less get these draconian sentences that uh, Mueller's special prosecutors were requesting for Roger Stone. And I guess, you know, I, I guess the the liberal freakout is actually working in Donald Trump's favor because the the leftist media uh, don't have any credibility left and, and people know that they're being lied to and they're, they resent it. I played a, a clip yesterday of an actual leftist voter who, who uh, voted for Bernie Sanders because he's being so vilified by the corporate leftist media at MSNBC. But over on CNN, they were absolutely uh, apoplectic that Roger Stone was not going to be subject to die in jail at the hands of leftist Obama appointee Judge Amy Berman Jackson. It is clearly utterly offensive to the rule of law. This is what sets this country apart. This is what a banana republic does. This is what a dictator does. It is outrageous. I hope people are infuriated by this. The reason they're doing it is slimy, sleazy, dirty. Roger Stone is somebody I hold in minimum high esteem. So I was not unhappy to see him get seven to nine. But I did. You didn't think I think that was too aggressive. Brooke, I thought it was aggressive. <laughs> yeah, you think it was aggressive? That was uh, John Dean, by the way. A convicted felon who actually engaged in wrongdoing during the Watergate affair. But uh, we, we have now learned that this uh, Obama-appointed judge that somehow just mysteriously and miraculously ended up getting all, almost all of... Robert Mueller's cases, it's not supposed to work that way, folks. When you go to file a case in court, they're supposed to have a, uh, a, a rotating selection of judges. But Amy Berman Jackson ended up getting all of these, and she was uh, in the pocket of Mueller's special prosecutors. Well, last week, that same Amy Berman Jackson denied Roger's uh, Roger Stone's motion for a new trial. And this was after we learned that one of the uh, the jurors in Roger Stone's trial turned out to be Trump-hating Obama-era officials in the government. Not only had they, um, you know, voted for Hillary Clinton, which... Nothing wrong with that uh, as far as jury selection goes. But they had a, a long history of social media posts 
that showed that they had bought into the Russiagate hoax, that they were determined to get vengeance on Donald Trump. One of the jurors said that she wants to stand up for the four prosecutors who had recommended this uh, seven to nine year sentencing. And she's now on Facebook trying to get the attention of uh, MSNBC and CNN so that she can be brought on. And she still believes her name is Tomika Hart, that the Russians, uh, that, that the Donald Trump campaign colluded with the Russians. So absolutely. Um, Roger Stone ought to get a new trial. Actually, I think uh, that the the president sort of miscalculated on this by you know saying that uh, by bringing light to this uh, this sentencing request, he should have uh, gone ahead and let Amy Berman Jackson sentence Roger Stone to nine years, just to illustrate how unfair and unjust this whole process is. And then he could have turned right around and pardoned him and, um, and been the, the contrast or the, if he had, if he had done that, it would have been a clear, um, overturning of an unjust sentencing. Over on MSNBC on the Despicable Morning Joe show, where Mika Brzezinski, who's got uh, Morning Joe or, or uh, Joe Scarborough's balls in a coffee can that she keeps in her sock drawer, you got Joe um, just in a complete freakout. Started saying this that Donald Trump has to be shown that there are boundaries. We said this to Paul Ryan in the summer of 2016 when he endorsed Donald Trump and got nothing in return for it. Republicans from that point forward have never held him accountable. And that's why we are our constitutional republic. Literally, the institutions in it literally are being challenged every single day by this would-be dictator. Would-be dictator. I mean, say, that sounds tough, doesn't it? You tell That's me. That's the word I you was going to use. Does Donald Trump, would Donald Trump not do whatever he could do if he could get away with it? Seriously, if he could arrest every journalist he didn't like, if he could arrest us tomorrow, let me ask you a question. Do you think he would arrest us tomorrow? Do you think he would arrest the editor uh, of the New York Times, the editor of the Washington Post? Jeff Bezos, do you think he'd arrest him tomorrow and throw him in jail to silence him? Like it. Do you think they Because if you say he wouldn't, you're just lying to yourself. He will get away with whatever he, he can get away with. And he did this yesterday. Something extraordinary that hasn't been done in our lifetime. He did it because you Republican senators gave him a blank check. <laughs> he tweeted. <laughs> He's a would-be dictator because he tweeted that a request for a seven to nine year sentence for Roger Stone for lying to Congress was obviously a miscarriage of justice. And now Joe Scarborough would have you believe that those are the actions of a would-be dictator who would who would arrest journalists. 
Now, if you tune in to Morning Joe very often, you know that they have a, a lot of nice things to say about Bernie Sanders and absolutely nothing to say about the fact that he's got people on his staff that are advocating for a violent revolution and for the assassination of Bernie Sanders' political opponents. They're not interested in that at all. They're, uh, they're already talking about possibly impeaching uh, Donald Trump for, uh, for that tweet. You had the odious or the malodious um, Eric Swalwell. Moments ago, President Trump said he learned lessons from impeachment. The lesson he learned, the Democrats are crooked, vicious, and they should not have pursued his impeachment. Joining me now is Democratic Congressman Eric Swalwell of California. He serves on both the Intelligence and Judiciary Committees. Uh, Congressman, thanks so much uh, for joining us. Uh, Tell me what your take is on what President Trump said he learned in terms of the lessons learned. Uh, He is learning the wrong lessons. He's acting to now corrupt the Department of Justice, and we're going to act immediately. We had a meeting today on the Judiciary Committee, an emergency meeting, to decide what's next. And so we're going to bring the Attorney General in. We're also going to conduct oversight of what's going on with the Stone sentencing. But, Jake, I'll just say this. He could just pardon Roger Stone. It would be wrong to do that, but to infect you know, his corruption into uh, the DOJ, I, I think that's what's so concerning to so many people who want independence uh, among our prosecutions. Uh, so, Barr, has announced that he will come before your committee, the House Judiciary Committee, uh, in March. Um, That's right. You're on the committee. What do you want to ask him? Well, we want to know uh, who's making these decisions. Are prosecutors, you know, still uh, independent? What is going on with other investigations into Trump officials? Because now we know in the 2020 election, Barr has the ability to sign off on any investigation. He has to sign off on any investigation into a campaign. And so... Yeah, Barr is is, uh, saying that he has to sign off on any investigation into the campaign because of the wrongdoing by the Democrats under the Obama uh, FBI and CIA. But Swalwell goes on in that clip to say, uh, you know, uh, we may have to impeach this president over this. Be punished for that uh, in your sentence, and that is what is going to happen here, I think. The Justice Department and the White House uh, and President Trump all deny uh, that President Trump directly told Attorney General Barr what to do or directly coordinated uh, with him. Uh, As always, the president did send out a tweet. Um, Is that enough to object to? Uh, Yes, and as Michael Cohen told our committee, uh, President Trump knows uh, in many of the mob-like ways that he operates that he doesn't have to say something directly, that uh, indirectly he can signal what he wants someone to do. That was how Cohen said he would communicate with the president. I think by tweeting out that uh, (laughs) Attorney General Barr... Michael Cohen got instructions to... Republican Senator John Cornyn of Texas. Are you concerned that four prosecutors felt so strongly about it that they resigned? No. They got off the case? You know why those four prosecutors resigned? Because they wanted to make a big statement. They knew that this was the last bit of business that they had to conduct for um, Mueller's special prosecution. And and they wanted to go out with a bang. They wanted to give the talking heads over at CNN and MSNBC something to talk about. Uh, that the independence of prosecutors, the ability of judges to just weigh the facts uh, and the evidence uh, is eroding, that the president's taken a wrecking ball uh, to that. And You know what the independent uh, judgment of these judges were, that the the... One of the guys on the House Intelligence Committee that leaked 
information was actually sleeping with a Washington Post reporter was leaking information and then lied about it under oath. He got two months, two months in, in jail. John Podesta, who is uh, uh, accused or not accused, but actually engaged in the same activities that Paul Manafort did, was actually Paul Manafort's business partner. He's not being prosecuted at all. You know why? Because he's John Podesta's brother. John Podesta, Hillary Clinton's campaign manager. It's pretty amazing the place we are in this country. The president can't express an opinion on an obvious injustice that's going on as a result of this Russiagate hoax that came to absolutely zero. They raided Roger Stone's house in the early hours of the morning while it was still dark with armed agents, armed with automatic weapons, a SWAT team, had helicopters whirring overhead and gunboats in the canal behind his house. But uh, Donald Trump taking note of this is somehow an impeachable offense. I never did get to the part of that clip where he uh, he was uh, advocating that they go on to impeachment. Hillary Clinton, uh, she, (laughs) of all the people who is um, most unqualified to talk about um, the, the rule of law, she took to Twitter and said, do you realize intimidating judges is the behavior of a failed state fascist just acting? So, you know, we're not allowed to have justice. Democrats are not allowed to be held to the same standard as Republicans. And if they are, then that is somehow an impeachable offense. I guess we learned that in the Ukraine gate impeachment. Donald Trump dare not ask about Joe Biden's corruption in the Ukraine and Ukraine's interference in the elections. They had to impeach him for that. All right, man, I want you to run over to AmericaFirstRadio.shop. That's AmericaFirstRadio.shop and get your banana bag oral solution so that you don't end up in the hospital as a result of a flu or a stomach virus, dare I say the coronavirus. This is a way to, uh, to stay hydrated Dehydration is the number one cause that uh, people end up in the hospital for these uh, these sicknesses. This product efficiently transfers water, electrolytes, vitamins, B vitamins, C vitamins, into your bloodstream without an IV, and it's a perfect complement for every medicine cabinet. A clinically formulated formula of vitamins and electrolytes that's recommended by doctors, nurses, and pharmacists. Get yours today. At AmericaFirstRadio.shop, that's AmericaFirstRadio.shop, you'll get five bags for $15.50. We'll ship it out free of charge the same day. Go to AmericaFirstRadio.shop and get yours today. So, you know, one of the... Oh, I promised to play you these clips from James Carville describing very accurately what's going on in the Democrat Party. 
the only thing between the United States and the abyss is the Democratic Party. That's it. That's not the accurate part. And if we go the way of the British Labor Party, if we nominate Jeremy Coburn, it's going to be the end of days. If the British Labor Party would have nominated David Miliband, they'd be in power. So I am, I am scared to death. I really am. And I think people are going to, you know, and I think I'm, I'm waiting. I hope these African-American voters in the South, you know, I grew up in Illville, Paris, Louisiana. I live in Orleans, Paris, Louisiana. I, I know 10 times more African-Americans than most people I know. And they're looking for somebody that can come in and not just excite them, but talk about things that really matter to them in everyday life. They're not interested in socialism and the revolution and all that foolishness you hear. They're interested in somebody that's going to come to them and articulate a vision as to how they fit into this country. And what's their relationship and what kinds of things that the schools that, that kids go to, the health care that parents receive, the wages they receive. That's what matters to people. And if we, if we lose that, we're going to lose it. We're going to be the British Labor Party. We're going to be out in some theoretical left wing la-la land. Well, I think that's and, exactly where the Democrat Party is now, out in some theoretical left wing la-la land. The, the issues that Carville cited there, rising wages, a good economy, a future for their children. Donald Trump has co-opted all of those issues, and he's delivering after a 40-year drought of stagnant wages, 1% growth, and uh, high unemployment. Donald Trump has turned all of that around, and the Democrats are uh, over there sputtering and talking about um, identity politics. Elizabeth Warren is over there. I think she's about done, actually, but I've got this clip of her. She's promising that if she uh, is elected president, she is going to turn over the selection of her uh, secretary of education to a transgendered child. have a secretary of education that this young trans person interviews on my behalf. And only if this person believes that our secretary or secretary of education nominee is someone who is committed to creating a welcoming environment, a safe environment, and a full educational curriculum for everyone, will that person actually be advanced to be secretary of education. You like that? Let's do that. You like that? Let's do that. I'm sorry for that, uh, uh, that static on that clip. I'm not sure what happened there. But while we're on the topic of uh, the transgender movement, I want to point out a story. Three female high school athletes have filed a federal lawsuit uh, federal lawsuit to block transgender students from competing in girls' sports against them. In other words, to deny black uh, uh, to deny uh, men who identify as women from competing in women's event. The girls behind the lawsuit, argue that the biological male students prevent them from obtaining track titles and scholarship opportunities. Selena Soleil of Glastonbury High School, uh, Chelsea Mitchell at Canton High School, and Alana Smith, a sophomore at Danbury High School, all of those high schools are in Connecticut, are being assisted with their lawsuit by a conservative nonprofit the Alliance Defending Freedom. The suit names the Connecticut Association of Schools, the Interscholastic Athletic Conference, and the boards of the education in Bloomfield, Cromwell, and Glastonbury County. One of the children said, 
Mentally and physically, we know the outcome before the race even starts. That biological unfairness doesn't go away because of what someone believes about their gender identity. All girls deserve a chance to compete on a level playing field. Now, that's obvious. The reason sports are segregated and have been since the beginning of sports, going all the way back to the Romans, is is so that women can have a fair playing field in which to compete. And sports offer the same um, positive outcomes to girls as it does to boys. Teaches them to compete. It teaches them to win gracefully and lose gracefully. It uh, it it molds women and their um, their potential just the same way it does boys. One of the uh, what the girls said, forcing girls to be spectators in their own sports is completely at odds with Title IX. Actually, this is one of the uh, the attorneys for the girls. She said a federal law designed to create equal opportunities for women in education and athletics is being violated that reverses nearly 50 years of advances for women. The suit names two transgender runners, Terry Miller and Andrea Yearwood, who have competed against all three of these girls, and they've won 15 girls' state indoor and outdoor championship races, and they've destroyed the girls' record book. One of the girls said, Our dream is not to come in second or third place, but to win fair and square. All we're asking for is a fair chance. These are the the type of policies that are the natural outgrowth of the the Democrats and the left's um, pandering to every identity group that they can identify. They try to form a coalition of people who feel like they're victims or they're, uh, they can, you know, cultivate a sense of grievance. They try to put those together and get a winning coalition. Let's see if I can find this clip while we're on the topic of sports. Um, you probably know that the Houston Astros who have won, I think two out of the last three world series have been ensnared in a, uh, a cheating scandal where they were using cameras to steal the signs of the opposing teams. Well, now a pitcher, um, that competed against the Astros is suing them in federal court. About it's a Blue Jay reliever. His name is Mike Bolsinger, and he is actually um, entering the mix with a potential precedent-setting civil lawsuit. So Bolsinger was pitching for the Blue Jays on August 4, 2017 in Houston. The Astros hit him for four runs, four hits, three walks, and one-third of an inning. 20- four runs, walks, and hits in one-third of an inning. So he only got one out while they were teeing off on him, and here's what resulted. 
29 pitches. And Bolsinger told USA Today, I don't know if I've had a worse outing in my professional career. I remember saying it was like they knew what I was throwing. They're laying off pitches they weren't laying off before. It's like they knew what was coming. That was the thought in my head. Felt like I didn't have a chance. Astros won 16-7, and it ended up being Bolsinger's last appearance in the majors. He was demoted by Toronto the next day. On Monday... Today, he fired back, filing a civil lawsuit in Los Angeles Superior Court, accusing the Astros of unfair business practices, negligence, and intentional interference with contractual and economic relations. According to the suit filed by Ben Macellis of Garagos and Garagos in Los Angeles, Bolsinger stated that the Astros' unlawful and tortuous business practices have had consequences far beyond wins and losses and strikeouts or home runs. It could have cost him his career. So he is seeking damages in three distinct lanes with the suit, including for himself. He's asking the Astros to forfeit the nearly $31 million in bonuses from the 2017 World Series championships with the funds instead going to charities in Los Angeles focused on bettering kids' lives. He also wants to create a fund for retired baseball players who need financial assistance. Absolutely. So that makes it actually look pretty good, Don, because he's not looking to gain anything right. for himself. But that's what we're looking at here. We're looking at lawsuits being filed. I, I still think you might see some people decide that maybe bet on games now that gambling is legal in certain areas. Do they have a kick coming? Um, I don't know, but that, that's that's opening up a whole... Uh, Pandora's box. Yeah, you've got a class action lawsuit just sitting there waiting for people that are uh, legally betting on these games that the games have been corrupted. Now, stealing signs in baseball is nothing new, but normally you have to do that with the uh, the runner on second base being able to look in and see the signs and watch the pitch. That's not what the Houston Astros were doing. The Houston Astros had cameras set up in the center field uh, stands that were uh, recording the the signs and the pitches, which allowed the Houston Astros to communicate with their players on uh, on exactly what pitch was coming. If you can sit on a, a pitch, then a major league batter uh, can can uh, hammer that pitcher. The whole idea is you have to uh, to. Be accurate on what pitch is coming, and then you you can hit it. I kind of love this. I didn't believe in the deflate gate or any of these other uh, uh, cheating scandals, but this is this one's real, and uh, the Astros are going to pay a big price. Well, that takes us to the end of this edition of Right Now with Jim Dawes. I want to thank you for joining us and invite you back here again tomorrow. See you then. This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwans.com backslash yum for details. Whether you're moving in together for the first time. This can be your closet. Or you're a new parent to a little fur baby. Viva Paper Towels can help you maintain a clean home. They're two times more durable when wet compared to the leading value brand. So they clean like cloth, helping you pick up after your new pet in your new home. For an exceptional cloth-like clean, use Viva Towels. 
Visit vivatels.com to learn more and start fresh with a clean feeling of home.